0: If you just start with a dream and stay with a dream, the question that I would ask you as your coach is I would say, where's the plan? Because if you just stay in dreamland, you're falling for this lie that growth is mythical. Anytime we say, I wish, I would love to, my dream is, so often we are teetering on the edge of flirting with this belief that growth is this mythical, magical thing. Here's the truth. Growth is not mythical. Growth is is methodical. Well, hey there, if we have not yet met, my name is Alex Judd. I'm the founder of Path for Growth, and this is the Path for Growth podcast. Now, as a business, we exist to help impact-driven leaders step into who they were created to be so that others benefit and God is glorified. And this podcast is just another iteration of how that mission comes to life. Today's content is rooted in a principle that we've talked about before on this podcast and we find ourselves referring to consistently within coaching calls and within the Path for Growth community. The principle is this, effort never sustainably exceeds belief. I'm going to say it again because this is truly the thesis statement that is going to inform all of the content that we walk through today. Effort never sustainably exceeds belief. And so you've got to believe in two things. Number one, you've got to believe that what you're doing matters. And then number two, you've got to believe that where you're going is possible. And if you believe those two things, then you have the undergirding infrastructure necessary to exert outrageous, consistent, inspired, passionate, zealful effort But if you're lacking belief within those two arenas, what I'm doing matters and where I'm going is possible, well, then you're not gonna have the horsepower that it takes necessary to exert the effort to get to where you want to go. Because think about this for a second. If you can't draw a line from how your day-to-day activities connect to a bigger, grander, greater future or purpose, well, then why on earth would you engage wholeheartedly in those day-to-day activities? We've talked about this before on this podcast. What do great leaders do? Well, they, they have this incredible ability and capacity to connect the mundane to the meaningful. And and certainly they do that for others, but the thing that makes them outrageously qualified and equipped to do that for others is first they do that for themselves. And so you as a leader have to have this ability where you're constantly looking at the mundane, boring grind of what you're doing every single day. And you've got to believe that it's connected to something greater. It's connected to something grander. It's connected to something bigger than just what you can see in the day to day. So you got to believe that what you're doing matters, but Then, number two, you got to believe that where you're going is possible. So, we've talked about it so often on this podcast the power and value of vision there is a necessity of aim for you as a human being. You are an aim seeking creature. And so are the people that you work with subconsciously or consciously, you are asking the question, where are we going? Where am I going? And so it's so crucial that in some form or fashion, you clarify your answer to that question, but here's what's just as important that we so often don't spend the time cultivating and guarding and expanding is just as much as we to clarify what that vision is. Where do we want to go? Do you believe that it's possible? Not do you believe that it's guaranteed, nothing's guaranteed, but do you believe that that vision of the future is possible? Because you can clarify where you want to go for yourself and for your team, but if you and if they don't believe that it's possible, then you would never invest the effort, the consistency, the energy, the time, the money, and the manpower to get there. Because why on earth would you ever invest all of that, literally throw your life at something that you don't even know if it's possible, even if you did everything right. And so you've got to guard and cultivate and expand your belief that where you're going is possible. But as it relates to this topic of belief, so often we get things in our head that are faulty and that are fallible and that are screwed up. And and it's not even correct just to say that they're screwed up, they're lies. And specifically, what we're going to walk through today is misbeliefs, lies that we often get planted in our perspective and therefore manifested in our actions that are absolutely limiting us. These are lies that if in any way you have been convinced that these things are true, I guarantee you it is limiting you. And because it's limiting you, leader, it's limiting your team. And because it's limiting your team, it's limiting your business. And so everything that we're focused on today is making sure that we are aligning your belief with truth. And I would tell you, this is something that you should be practicing on an ongoing basis as a leader. Is constantly having rhythms and routines. Maybe it's in your morning quiet time. Maybe it's in a quarterly vacation. Maybe it's in conversations that you have where you just say, Man, is what I'm believing about myself, about my growth, about my relationships, about my business? Are the things that I'm believing about those things aligned with truth? Because we live in a world that is constantly shouting messages at us. I hope you know this. It's constantly shouting messages at us that more often than not, those messages aren't true. And you better believe that you have the capacity to get infected by those untrue messages. And this is why so often I find that one of the most valuable things that I get out of my morning quiet time where it's me and God and the candle that I let to start it is I'm constantly focusing on what Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to the ways of this world because the ways of this world are filled with lies. It's filled about lies about growth. It's filled with lies about business. It's filled with lies about leadership. And so I've got to make sure that I'm not conforming to those lies and allowing those lies to own my belief system, but rather being transformed by the renewing of my mind and making sure that I'm aligning my beliefs with truth. And so today, I want us to uncover five common lies about growth. And as we uncover them, I want us to highlight the very practical truth about growth. Number one, growth is (laughs) mythical this is a lie. And my guess is that most of you don't walk around saying growth is mythical. It's just a myth or growth is magical. It just comes from nowhere, right? None of you would ever say that, but so often uh, it's not our direct communication that communicates our beliefs. So often it's much more subversive than that. It's much more hidden than that. And so although we don't walk around saying growth is magical or growth is mythical, what do we say? Well, our language often reveals our beliefs. And here's where our language betrays us because here's what I often hear leaders saying. And if I'm not careful, I find myself saying, I just wish that I could be blank. I just wish that I could own my own business. I just wish that I could be a better communicator. I just wish that I could be a more confident leader. I just wish that I could be better at delegation. I just wish. Wish is a statement about mythology. Wish is a statement that really alludes to the belief that this is magical. It's something that's out of my reach. It's something that I'm not really an active participant in. It's something that is kind of in the land of fairy tales and magicians. So so we say, I wish, or we say, I would love. We say, I would just love to have a house like that. I would just love to own a business like that. I I would just love to be this type of leader. And again, we're saying what we would do, but but then my question would be, okay, well, what are you doing that aligns with what you're saying? And then uh, another one that is really interesting that we'll often say, and often even sometimes celebrate is we'll say, my dream is to own a business that is systemized. My dream is to be a world-class leader. My dream is to be a really exceptional communicator. My dream is to have a balanced life where I'm simultaneously prioritizing family and business and social life. And and my dream is to have a thriving and healthy spiritual life. And I, I love that. Don't hear me speaking against dreams. I love that. But it's great to start with a dream, but you can't just stay with a dream. And if you just start with a dream and stay with a dream, the question that I would ask you as your coach is I would say, where's the plan? Because if you just stay in dreamland, you're falling for this lie that growth is mythical. Anytime we say, I wish, I would love to, my dream is, so often we are teetering on the edge of flirting with this belief that growth is this mythical, magical thing. Here's the truth about growth. Growth is not mythical. Growth is methodical. There's a method. There's a plan that you can follow. And and so instead of saying, I wish I could be a stronger communicator, that's a statement that's rooted in mythology. And it really kind of removes you from having any responsibility of ever becoming that thing. Here's what I would rather you say. I want to become a better communicator. I want to become more organized. I want to become more of a systems-oriented thinker. I want our business to be operationalized. Not I wish I could have an operationalized business or I would love to have an operationalized business. I want to become because then we can start to ask the question, okay, what would have to be true to become that thing? What steps would you have to take? Because the minute you start to say, okay, I want this to be true. Well, then now you're on the hook for it. And to a degree, you are now opting in for a sense of response ability, response ability, the ability to respond. And so now I'm kind of looking to you to take action, to say, what are you doing? I'll tell you where I realized this was I talked to several people that had qualified for the Boston Marathon. And if you're not kind of familiar with endurance running and with marathon running in particular, Boston Marathon is like the the highest echelon in many ways of amateur racing and honestly, elite racing. There's only so many spots and they're all so coveted. And specifically to get into this race that is so like literally globally known as one of the hallmarks of the sport to get into this race, you have to run a pretty insanely fast time for your age group. And, And here's what I realized is for the longest time I I always thought, oh man, it would be so cool to run the Boston Marathon, or I would love to run the Boston Marathon, or I wish I could run the Boston Marathon. And as long as I say, I wish I could run the Boston Marathon... I'm, I'm off the hook. There's no responsibility because it's a wish. I've fallen for the lie that growth in that area specifically is mythical and it's magical. And if I was born with the right genes, the right predisposition, the right body, well, then I could be that, but, but I can't do that because it's, it's a wish it's out of my reach. Here's what I had to confront as a runner that has affected me as a leader. The Boston marathon is outrageously possible for me. It's outrageously possible. I would have to cut about 18 minutes off of my marathon time to get there. But there is literally a plan that I could follow. And if I were to follow that plan, I could get it for free on Google. And if I were to follow that plan over the course of six to eight months, I could absolutely run a marathon that would qualify me for the Boston Marathon. And I had to recognize that and say, okay, I can't say I wish anymore because because now I, I'm found reality. I can run the Boston Marathon. Then the question becomes, do you want to? And I had to realize, like, no, I I don't want to do what it takes to get there. I because I wasn't willing to give up what I would have to sacrifice. But most people don't like to live with that reality. Most people would rather say oh, it's actually out of reach for me. I could never own my own business. I could never be that type of leader. I could never be that type of communicator. Growth is mythical in that area. It's magical in that area. And as long as they say it's not possible, well, then they're not on the hook for ever having to do the work the minute we we say it is possible, but maybe I'm choosing not to, well, then we have to confront the fact that there's certain things that we're deciding not to do. And that's not even bad, because what you're confronting in that fact is that you are a human being. You have limitations, and I would way rather you live in awareness, humble awareness of those limitations than trying to be this person that's denying them by making growth something that's mythical and magical. Listen, for the area that you want to grow, maybe it's in your business, maybe it's in your leadership, maybe it's in your personal life. What's the area that you want to change? What's the area that you want to improve? What's the area that you can identify right now that it's your lid And it's keeping you from influencing others. It's keeping you from moving forward. Maybe it's related to your finances. Maybe it's related to your spiritual life. Maybe it's related to your career. Maybe it's related to your physical health. So often, this is a limiting lie about physical health. I want you to think about that area where you want to grow. And I want you to exterminate any idea in your mind that growth in that area is mythical or magical. I want you to get rid of the language where you say, I just wish I could be healthier or I I would just love to lose 20 pounds. I get that you would love that. My question would be, do you believe that it's possible and what are you doing to get there? I, I would love to experience financial freedom or my dream is to experience financial freedom. Do you believe that it's possible and how do your actions reflect your belief growth is not mythical. It's not magical. It's outrageously methodical. Let's move to number two. Growth is about what you could do. Now, I, I certainly believe that in certain goal-setting conversations and, and in the way that we cast vision for our business, there might be an appropriate space for growth being about what you could do. And, and in many ways, that is the dream phase of a conversation. But the closer we get to home, the closer we get to your actions of what you're doing day-to-day, because I think the, the greatest growth comes from what you do day-to-day. Well, growth is less about what you could do More so, here's the truth, growth is about what you would do. Because here's what I see so often is... People say something. Let's take a basic example, like morning routine. And they say, "Man, I just I need to get better about my morning routine, and I need to be nails. Like I want to be on it with regard to my morning routine. And maybe they go to an event, or maybe they read a book, or maybe they have a conversation, or listen to a podcast that gets them all jacked and amped about their morning routine. And then they ask the question, "Okay, well, what could I do? What could I do?" And and that's the question that they're asking is, "What could I do?" And they say, "You know what? I think I could. I think I could wake up at 4:30 a.m. and, and they say." this pretty audacious goal. And when that happens, here's what's wild is everyone claps for them. They say, good for you. 430. That's awesome. And, and we we celebrate them and we lift them up and we say, this person's committing to 430 AM. And then here's what's happened for a week. They wake up at 430 AM on the dot. And and then for another week, maybe they wake up at 430 AM on the dot. And then around week three, The accountability partners go away. The energy wears off. The uh, excitement surrounding the audacious commitment starts to diminish. And then that person, maybe on Wednesday, sleeps in an hour. They wake up at 5.30 a.m. And then they realize that, man, that happened, and no one really realized. So the next day, they wake up at 6.30 a.m., and then next day is Friday, so they sleep in till 7. And then by the time they get back to Monday, they say, well, just screw it. We're done. <laughs> Have you ever been there? I mean, I'll tell you, I, I, I can only teach on this because I'm speaking from experience. I love to impress people with my commitments about what I could do. But what's so sad is that so often what I could do isn't aligned with what I would do consistently, and therefore, it peters out and dies off, and and the impact and results that I was looking for are never experienced. I have a question for you. Would you rather be the person that makes the bold, audacious commitment that everyone celebrates that says 4.30 a.m., but then you peter out after two weeks? Or would you rather be a more humble, mature, committed, realistic leader that doesn't ask the question, what could I do for a few days, but rather ask the question, What would I do every single day? And I once heard John Maxwell say this, and I'll never forget the tone and the timbre of his voice as he said it. He said, every single day messes people up. And isn't that so true? Every single day messes people up. Because I think here's what we so often do when it comes to making commitments, and it can be about our morning routine or it can be about our business goals or it can be about how we're using our time in the office. We overestimate the value of a week of extravagancy and we underestimate the value of months of consistency. I'm going to say this again. We overestimate the value of a week of extravagancy And we underestimate the value of months of consistency. Because sure, you can go all out. You can be nails with your time for a week. You can work 12 hours every single day for even a few weeks. You can follow a workout rhythm that is just absolute insanity, like it might actually be called insanity for a handful of weeks. But here's what I'd rather you have is a lifestyle that you can commit to following through on every single day. Now we've talked on this podcast before about the value of a jolt and what that is, is it's a season of overextension and pursuit of jolting yourself back into a lifestyle of healthy growth. And that's good, but just recognize jolt itself is not a lifestyle. And so when you're making these commitments, you either need to set an end date, say, I'm going to wake up at 4 a.m. every single day in the month of October or you need to establish a rhythm that you can actually commit to. But extravagancy completed inconsistently doesn't compound because what that is, is it's making a billion different deposits into a billion different accounts. And therefore you never experience the compounded results, consistency compounds. Growth is not about what you could do. Growth is about what you would do. And here's the question that I want to ask you that's related to this. Would you rather impress people with your commitments or your results? Because so often I think I opt for this strategy that says I'm going to impress people with what I commit to. And I do. I commit to these big things, whether it's deadlines at work or the amount of work I'm going to get finished or what I'm going to do in terms of a workout rhythm or what time I'm going to wake up. And if I'm not careful, I'll really impress people with the commitments and they'll look at me and they'll say, wow, wow. But all of that wow is gone whenever it comes to the conversation about results because I couldn't meet the deadline. I've fallen off the wagon with regard to the habit or the rhythm or the routine, and I didn't actually follow through on what I said I would do. And quite frankly, I experienced that enough that I I have just started to say no more. I'm going to make accurate commitments that I can over deliver on. And sometimes that looks like undercommitting, and what I mean by undercommitting is preserving margin for myself. So something that I think is going to take me one week to complete, I'll ask for two weeks to complete it, so that I can absolutely ensure with confidence that I'm going to over deliver. But you better believe every single time I say I need two weeks, I've got this impulse inside of me that says you need to impress them. Tell them you can get it done in one. Don't listen to that. That's your ego fighting for attention and fighting to be appeased. What you want to remind yourself of is that I would rather impress people with my results and actually serve them in that way instead of just impressing them with shallow, untrue, unhelpful commitments. Growth is not about what you could do. Growth, and especially healthy growth, is about what you would do. Let's move to number three. Growth occurs inevitably is the lie. You, you know this. This has kind of become a meme online. Growth does not occur inevitably. Change occurs inevitably, inevitably. Growth is a choice. And so, how does growth occur? Well, what's the truth? Growth occurs intentionally. The lie is that growth occurs inevitably, it's just going to happen to me. The truth is that growth occurs intentionally. In some ways, I don't get to impose my will on the world around me, but I am an active participant. And let's think about that word intentional for a second. It's like I have an aim. I have a decided and desired intent. I'm going somewhere and I know where there is. That's what it means to be intentional. And, and I just haven't really seen it happen where someone casually drifts into growth. Not meaningful growth, not healthy growth. It always happens with outrageous commitment and intentionality. Now, my bet is that if you're listening to this podcast, and especially if you've been listening for a while, you're bought into that idea. But here's where this lie can play out in kind of a subversive way that I think it would be worth highlighting. And this is specifically for business owners and business leaders. So often I'll talk to a business owner, a business leader, and, and I'll ask them about their vision for their business. And I'll ask them about their growth plan for their business. And They'll give me metrics, and they'll give me qualitative statements, and they'll give me dreams for the future of where they want their business to be long-term, and where they want it to be over the course of the next three to five years, and where they want it to be over the next one year. And and what's so cool is it truly represents growth, right? They're growing the revenue. They're growing the number of customers served. They're growing the team size. they're, They're growing the impact of the business. They're growing the products and services that the business provides, and it's just so cool. It's one of my favorite things about the people that I get to work with, and that we get To work with that path for growth is they've got dreams for the future. And those dreams are so often rooted in using the strength that they have to serve others exceptionally well. And so I'll ask them, what's the growth plan to your business? And man, it's just like you open a water hose and and it just spews out of them. And they just get so excited and so invigorated, telling you about where they want the business to go and where they want the business to grow. And and then I'll ask them a follow-up question what's your growth plan for your team members? And maybe I'll go a little bit more specific. What's your plan for developing your team members as leaders? And sadly, more often than not, that leader that literally just went stream of consciousness talking about visions and plans and methods to make their business bigger and greater in terms of the impact that it was going to reach and in terms of the way that it was going to serve. They look at me like a deer in the headlights and they say, well, we haven't really thought about that. <laughs> and and here's the thing that I often need to be reminded of, but also that leader really needs to be reminded of is... The thing that's going to grow that business, but more than just grow that business, the thing that's going to sustain that business at the level that you want to take it to is people. And the thing that's going to sustain and be able to make sure that that growth that you want for your business is done in a way that's healthy and value-based and transformative for the people inside the building and outside of the building, the, the thing that's going to make that happen is leaders. And if you've got this incredibly uh, elaborate and well-articulated plan for how you grow the business, you better have just as well-detailed a plan for how you're going to grow its people because it's so sad there's there's so it happens so often and I've coincided with these businesses I've I've been inside these businesses I've I've worked alongside these businesses where you just see people drop like flies because the business outgrew the people and and what the business needed from the people inside of it to keep it going those people were no longer able to provide and certainly those people probably should have taken a level of ownership for their own growth, but also some of it's on the leader, especially if it becomes a trend, a tendency, and a pattern, because the leader did not create an environment in which those people were challenged to level up as the business was leveling up. And so I think sometimes we understand for ourselves, oh, growth doesn't occur inevitably. Growth occurs intentionally. Take that same truth for you and apply it to your organization. Your people are not going to grow inevitably just because your business grows, just because it three X's in size and three X's in impact and three X's in revenue and three X's in team members doesn't mean you're going to look up three years from now and suddenly you're going to have a team full of leaders. No, the way that you're going to look up three years from now and have a team full of leaders is because you got outrageously committed and consistent about developing leaders. Growth doesn't happen inevitably. Growth happens intentionally. Let's go to number four. The goal is to be grown. Uh, (laughs) I mean, this is a destination mindset that one day I'm going to have it figured out. One day I'm going to be there. I I hope that I'm not the first one to share this reality with you. There is no there. (laughs) And this is where the marathon analogy breaks down because If you ever run a marathon or if you ever run an Ironman, well, there's this day where you know with total, absolute certainty, I crossed the finish line. It is done. And this side of heaven, I just don't think you're ever going to know that for your life. And why would you ever want to know that for your life? So this idea that we're one day going to be grown and that we need to have it all figured out and that that's the destination that we're going for, it is so screwed up. But I'll tell you that if you've fallen for this lie and allowed this lie of the goal is to be grown to infect your belief system, well, then you're always going to feel so ashamed and inadequate because you've got this idea in your head of the perfect quote unquote leader that has it all figured out and in in awareness of that unrealistic ideal that you're holding you're just going to be crushed you're never going to do anything because you're like well I'm not what I should be right now so therefore it's going to paralyze you and make you paranoid that you can't even do what you're opting in for so so the goal can't be to be grown because that goal the, the unrealism of it, the untruthfulness of it will crush you. What is the goal? The goal is to be growing. Listen to me. You don't have it figured out. You never will have it figured out. And people that say, oh, I've got this figured out. They are so deluded. It's not even funny. You are figuring it out, right? But when people say, I got this, you don't got this. You may be getting this, When people say I'm grown, no, you're not grown. You may be growing, but we need to get this lie completely extracted from our belief system that there's ever a there, right? We are all works in process. We are all moving forward. And there's so many different ideas that relate to this. One of them is is Kaizen, right? It's that Japanese word that is directly related to Lean Six Sigma and everything that they teach within the Toyota production system of consistent, never-ending improvement as a lifestyle, That's what's so beautiful about if you study like the Toyota manufacturing system. And this is what our COO Zach has exposed me so much to. And and I've learned so much about from him and Gemba Academy and everything that they do. And my friend, Patrick Hummel, who we're about to have on this podcast again here soon, is that it's it's a lifestyle of consistent, never ending improvement. And that's just, you start to accept that as your reality. And you say, not figured out, figuring it out. Not grown, growing. Not got it, getting it. And so it's really principally and philosophically woven into everything about the, the lean system, right? But then you can look even further than that. There's a Japanese term, I think. I think it's Japanese monks. I was reading about this recently. Japanese monks, which we should probably double check and make sure those actually exist. But it's the idea of beginner's mind. Who would you trust more as the leader of Path for Growth? A version of me, Alex, that says, I've got this. I've been looking at leadership for over a decade now. I've interviewed so many different people. I've read so many different books. I've coached so many different leaders and I've got this, I've got this leadership thing figured out. And now I'm here to just share with everyone else. Would you trust that version of Alex or would you trust the version of me that man, especially when I'm healthy, I'm operating from in totality because it's most realistic. The version of me that says, I know a little bit about leadership, but compared to what I could know, I know nothing. There are so many more books I could read. There are so many more people I can learn from. There are so many more experiences that I could have. There's so much more that I could step into. And compared to other leaders that are out there, I am like a first grader. And yeah, I've been doing this for a decade, but that is nothing in the span of a lifetime. And it's certainly not enough to be able to continue to provide everything that I'm going to need to provide in an ever-changing world. And so I have to keep growing. I don't have an option. Which version of me do you trust to lead Path for Growth? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's not even a question. The second one. But it's so weird. Sometimes we get this screwed up ideology in our head that says we have to present this vision of grown or this image of grown and figured out and got this to everyone else because that's the person that people trust. Listen, the the days of the infallible expert are over because everyone and I mean everyone knows it's a sham. You can see this play out real time. If you go on LinkedIn, what are the what are the posts that perform best on LinkedIn? It's the posts where people are speaking from their own experience and teaching not from their accomplishments and achievements, but rather teaching from their mistakes. Why? Well, because of what I just said. The days of the infallible expert are over. People know that's not real. And to the degree that you try to convince me that you are one, I don't trust you. And so don't think that it looks inconfident to present an image of yourself that is actually real. In reality, what that looks like is humility. Because what is humility? Humility is to have an accurate viewpoint of oneself. It's this idea that you're always growing and the amount that you don't know far outweighs the amount that you do. And that there's always more to learn and that there's always more to experience and that there's always more to contribute. Now, don't confuse humility with toxic inadequacy. And the, the real distinguishing factor here for me is that Matthew 5 verse, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, Jesus wasn't teaching business whenever he said that verse in the Sermon on the Mount. But I do think that he was giving a principle that leaders would be wise to pay attention to. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the poor are the needful blessed are those who are completely aware of their own bankruptcy and inadequacy for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I mean, think about how absurd and upside down and paradigm shifting that must have been whenever he said it. Blessed are the bankrupt is essentially what we're talking about. And what is blessed? Makarios is the Greek word. Distinctive religious joy. Externally observable favor from God. That's what we're talking about. And so he says, blessed are the spiritually bankrupt. What on earth is he talking about there? Well, I I think he's highlighting a principle that says the more you lead, the more you need. And if you think you've got this, if you think you are the ruler and controller of the universe that has this figured out, well, you're certainly not operating from a poor in spirit mindset. Therefore, you can never be poured into because you have this deluded belief that you're already full. And therefore, you're never going to need anything outside of yourself to help you. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The people that are most likely to see and experience the power and goodness of God are those who are most aware that they need him. The goal is not to be grown. The goal is to be growing. The more you lead, the more you need. Okay, let's move on to the final lie that corresponds with the final truth. And this one's directly related to everything we stand for as a company about healthy growth. Here's the lie. Sustained growth comes from sustained extension. And uh, like I've fallen for this before, that I think I need to extend myself and many times overextend myself just as a lifestyle and that... Part of what it takes to be a leader is this sustained extension where I'm just always a little bit over capacity and I'm worn out and I'm tired and I'm sacrificing on priorities and I'm doing things um, not in alignment with the quality that I desire to do them with. And I can fall for this lie that it's like, well, that's just the cost of being a leader. And it's a lie. It's not true because here's the truth sustained growth, and I would even say healthy growth, comes from seasonal extension. Without a shadow of a doubt, uh, as a business and as a leader and as a person, there's times where you need to push it, where you need to hustle. And in specific areas of your life for specific and defined seasons, You need to go all in and and you need to really, really exert yourself, your time, your energy, your money um, towards that thing, whether it's the business, whether it's a specific project, whether it's your family, whether it's some goal that you're striving for, maybe it's a race or something like that, where you just got to say, man, I'm I'm going all in on this thing. But we get deluded whenever we think that overextension is a lifestyle. That is no way to live and you know this, you know this to be true, right? You don't go to the gym and say, okay, I'm going to perpetually do bench presses until I'm dead. No, you go to the gym, you do 10, and then you know to optimally grow in strength, you do 10, or you do a set of 12, or maybe you do a set of eight, depending on the weight. And then you have like a minute and 30 seconds of recovery, right? Or let's compare it to a hip workout, right? Where it's high intensity, high tempo workout, right? Well, what's true about got high intensity workouts. They are all for a finite amount of time that is established at the beginning. We're going to do this for 25 minutes. We're going to do this for 45 minutes, but here's what people don't do. They don't establish the timeline. And so they enter into these seasons of overextension and they allow it to become a lifestyle overextension because before they started, they never said, we're doing this for 90 days or we're doing this for 30 days, or we're going all in for six months. They never say that. And therefore it just all bleeds into each other and they don't know anything different. So they just overextend themselves perpetually. It's unhealthy. It's unwise. And I believe that it's not spiritually helpful because here's a principle that I believe is true. God's promises aren't found outside of God's boundaries. God has given you boundaries, and sometimes those boundaries come in the form of your priorities to steward your business well and to treat people well and love the people that he's entrusted to you, Um, to to love your spouse if you're married, to prioritize your children, to provide for your family. I think it's maybe in Proverbs that says that he who fails to provide for his house is worse than an unbeliever. I mean, spend some time reading that verse for a while. Like what? (laughs) He who fails to provide for his house is worse than an unbeliever, right? I mean, that's a pretty wild concept. And so he's given us these boundaries, but then he's also given you boundaries of like a body that requires certain types of food to function well, and a body that needs certain amounts of sleep and a body that needs certain amounts of physical activity. So he's given us these boundaries that it's like, you don't get to choose your own adventure there, right? And you don't just get to say, well, that may be for most people, but I operate on four hours of sleep or less. Not optimally, you don't. I just, I don't agree with that. And so you do so to your own peril, but don't be surprised whenever you completely overextend yourself, you deprioritize your family, you deprioritize your friends and your life, you overprioritize the business, you completely abandon your health and your sleep, and then you look up and you say, why don't I feel blessed? Well, because God's promises don't occur outside of God's boundaries. That's like literally being quarterback, snapping the ball, running outside the stadium, going around the stadium, and then coming in the back entrance, stepping into the end zone and being surprised that no one's celebrating a touchdown. Dude, you left the boundaries. Don't be surprised when you people don't celebrate that. And and certainly don't be surprised when you don't feel blessed whenever you've completely been operating outside the realm of God for months now. I can get pretty fired up about this, and that's because I'm so susceptible to it. I, if I'm not careful, will overextend myself as a lifestyle. And so I've got to be outrageously deliberate about knowing when I'm overextending myself and knowing how long that's going to be for. Because, And I could tell you stories. I've, I've told them on this podcast before, and we'll probably share more of these in the future, but I opted in for a lifestyle of overextension and... I ran out, like I just, it petered out and I was working harder than I'd ever worked and I was working more than I'd ever worked and I was just spinning my wheels and I felt less fulfilled than I've ever felt. And what I had to realize is, dude, you are taking way too much of this in your control. You have made this way too much about your prideful ambition and you need to move at the pace that God gives you sustained growth, healthy growth doesn't come from sustained extension. Sustained growth, healthy growth comes from seasonal extension. Decide where you have to go all in for this season. Maybe it's with your family. Maybe it's with your business. Maybe it's with a particular project. Maybe it's with a particular relationship and go all in, but make sure it's for a season and put a timeline to it. Make sure that you don't allow that season of overextension to become a lifestyle of overextension. Let's review the truths real quick. Number one, growth is methodical. Number two, growth is about what you would do. Number three, growth occurs intentionally. Number four, the goal is to be growing. And number five, sustained growth comes from seasonal extension. Y'all, I hope that this content was valuable. If you want more content like this, uh, we send out an email every single Wednesday called Worth It Wednesday. It takes you about two minutes to read. We send a principle worth learning, a question worth answering, and a recommendation worth taking. I also record a video that so many of you have shared with me that you watch those videos. That's awesome. I hope they're encouraging to you. And you can get on that email list by signing up for Worth It Wednesday in the show notes of this episode or going to pathforgrowth.com. Y'all know this. We're rooting for you. We want to see you win. Remember, my strength is not not for me your strength is not for you our strength is for service let's go let's go let's go